0: The following episode was recorded before March 2024, and while the content shared is valuable and useful, it features Rob, who is no longer involved in the
1: business. Hey, it's Rob and Kennedy. Hello, today on the Email Marketing
0: Show, we're talking to Brian Minnick from Zero Bounce about email subscriber decay. Sounds horrifying, and it probably is.
1: That's a tongue twister, and you nailed it. Now, before we get into this incredibly insightful conversation, we've put something really cool together for you that we'd love to give you. We're all about increasing the number of sales that you can make from the email list you've already got. And one of the quickest shortcuts to that is increasing the number of clicks that you get from every email that you send. And that means that you need to make your email links look different, your call to action, wrap them up a little bit. So we've put together a free resource called Click Tricks, which has 12 really creative ways to get more clicks from every link in every email that you ever send, starting from the very next email that you send and you can get that totally for free as a listener to this podcast just head over to email forward slash tricks
0: love it he has a book on his desk called practicing safe hypnosis it's comedy hypnotist
1: robert temple and he suffered from jet lag for the first time in his life in june 2023 it's psychological mind reader kennedy Bye.
0: Okay, this book that's on your desk. Tell us about. I mean, did you buy it for yourself because you thought it was quite comical? Did somebody give it to you as a gift? I mean, you're showing it to me. It, looks... it was a
1: gift. It was um, it was, and it's legitimately. It's not even a joke. It's legitimately a um, a risk management guide for uh, stage and hypnotherapy uh, uh, hypnotists. And so it happens to be on my desk. And uh, there you go. Interesting. Is that, is that it, just it in
0: to... case you're feeling a bit too lively, at your desk you think, I want to me myself to sleep here.
1: It struck me as a, as, a, as a great example of how to. Uh, title a book creatively. Sounds great. Yeah, you've always you've always been quite lucky with the jet lag thing, haven't you? But I remember when we were in Orlando a couple of weeks ago, uh, a couple of months ago, you were um, you were feeling it
0: yeah it was when i got back mate like I, I, I what it was is i've got a system you see you get on the plane and then you act and behave exactly as if you are in the place you're going to so like you've already adjusted so you eat at the right times if it's going to be bedtime where you go when you get on the plane and you go to bed well could i hell get to sleep on that bloody plane home um so i was just knackered for like a week and i was like damn this thing so
1: yeah it sucked You definitely got step one right. Step one, get on the plane. You nailed that. From there, went tits up. (laughs) It
0: went completely to shit. Hello, every week on the show, we show you how to make more sales and earn more money from your email subscribers. We talk about email marketing strategy, psychology, tactics, and share what's working right now to make more sales online, making you the email marketing hero of your business. With a brand new episode every email marketing Wednesday, make sure you hit subscribe. On your podcast player. Hit subscribe. Do it now. Stop dithering. Do it.
1: We'd also love to have you take a little screenshot or a selfie as you're listening to this episode. Stick it on social media and tag us at Rob and Kennedy. We'd love to know which episodes are floating your boat. And this one definitely will. Your job
0: as a person doing email marketing for your business is to convert as many people on your email list into customers. But it's literally impossible to do that if your emails are not actually getting delivered
1: into the inbox. And we can't take this delivery thing for granted. We do have to do some work on it. We can't put all of the responsibility for that on our email marketing platform, like jumping from one platform to the next, hoping that you're going to get better delivery. You have to take some of the responsibility here.
0: And it all comes down to the data quality, the quality of the data that you've got in your email platform. That's what is the difference between your emails
1: landing in the email inbox and just not at all. In fact, Zero Bounce, in their email list decay report, sounds exciting, found that almost 23% of the average email list goes bad every year. That's almost a quarter of the average email list actually goes rotten just while you're sat sending emails and hoping for the best.
0: In fact, only 57% 57 of all email addresses that Zero Bounce checked last year were valid and safe to use only 57%, right? And they actually validated more than 6 billion emails just in 2022. And Zero Bounce have got this amazing collection of tools that help you to boost deliverability. And they're kind enough to sponsor this episode of the show. So you can go and check out these amazing tools and make sure that your email addresses are being verified and validated against all these data points, go check it out at emailmarketingheroes.com slash bounce. That's emailmarketingheroes.com slash bounce. And remember, by supporting and checking out our sponsors, you're also supporting the show. I'm so excited for this. In fact, uh, Rob, uh, obviously we've got Brian from Zero Bounce in the wings. One of these three things is true about Brian. Rob, your job is to figure out which one's true and which two are absolutely from my sick mind i'm ready i'm gonna look
1: away so i can't judge it from brian's face okay
0: so here we go did brian jump off the side of a cruise ship did he end up in the hospital with a roll of tape stuck around his leg or did he steal the cap off the head of a united states marine one of those three things is true
1: I think you've made up the second and the third one. I think Brian leapt from the side of a cruise ship at some point in some massive adventure. Brian, which one of those three things is true?
2: Uh, Actually, it is not jumping off a cruise ship. I don't have the cojones for that one, so I want to tell you that. Uh, More of uh, sticking some tape on my leg and uh, doing a little fishing trip here and was able to do that. So, yes, a little stupid, but ended up in the hospital with with a roll of tape on me, some strong duct tape.
1: We were talking recently about people who end up in hospital with uh, with odd things in, on, or around them, and that's why I thought Kennedy might have made that one up, but no, that's that it. one's true. Oh, well, never mind. Thank Welcome you. to the show.
2: Thank you. Thanks for having me.
0: Um, I want to get straight into it because we were talking before, and I was looking at one of the reports that you guys put together over at Zero Bounds about... Um, you, you analyzed a whole bunch of emails and you found, well, basically the stats on how many real, legitimate, good, deliverable addresses shocked me to my core. So I want to share that shock with our listeners today. Do you want to just briefly talk about that crazy research you did back in 2022 and what it showed us?
2: Yeah, absolutely. So in 2022, our uh, marketing and PR team really went down an initiative to kind of analyze the whole space of what's going on with email addresses. We all were aware of what was going on in 2021 and with COVID and people moving jobs here and there. Uh, So we wanted to kind of look at a, a very high level view of all the things that we see in our platform. So customers come in and submit email addresses to our platform, and what we have have done is over the course of time, we've gone through 18 billion email validations to check <laughs> to see if they're deliverable or not. Uh, and I said that correctly, B with a billion.
0: 18 billion.
2: Um, yeah, so we've done that 18 billion times. Okay. And we are seeing now on an average about 22% of all email lists are decaying each year, meaning that the emails that you had on there, 22%, will no longer be deliverable next year. And so that's either because of job shift or emails are getting shut down or they're being abandoned. Um, Or what we might get into today is some of the, the other types of email addresses that just exist that people really aren't too aware of.
1: Okay. So so that's twenty-two percent year on year decaying for a bunch of reasons that we're gonna unpack. One of which yep. is people change jobs and therefore, you know, Brian at whatever email address that might not exist next year because somebody could have moved on. So that's that's just one of the many reasons that again, I'm sure we'll get into as part of this conversation. And you know what? The the first thing that, that really hammers home for me is people who um their approach to email marketing is not like ours and their approach is I'm going to build a list and over time I'm going to nurture those people and over time I'm going to sell them stuff and maybe it'll take a year or two for those people to buy something. But actually, um, in reality, in a year from now, 22% of that list may not even be there anymore, which means that it, it further pushes the argument for sell quickly, turn into customers quickly, keep those people around Um because they, you know, if they're a customer, they're more likely to come to you and say, "Hey, listen, I'm changing email address. I, I need to swap over to this email and that kind of thing." So, 22% is a terrifying statistic. Just in, and it's going to get worse, I know. Just in terms of the number of people who are naturally dropping off the edge of your list, like the uh, like waves crashing up against the rock and slowly making the making the land smaller and smaller.
2: Yeah, I would also just uh, say that's an average. And so if you have a consumer-based list, meaning more personal emails, you know, the free email type accounts, which which many people will have, that'll decay a tiny bit slower yeah. than the business emails. And so we're B2B, we sell to businesses, and we're seeing, just so you guys are aware, 32% of our own customer database is churning every year due to decay on the email address or the domain Uh, So it's a massive number, but uh, free emails will last a little bit longer. As you guys probably know, you probably have emails that are much longer there. And and so would anybody who's listening, uh, whereas the business emails are churning based on many variants. Mm -hmm.
0: Sure. So um. When when this when this is happening, one of the things that people will notice is your your um your bounce rate might be going up. You might be seeing a lot of emails bouncing, and you you go into that report and then it goes, this email bounced. It was a hard bounce. It was a soft bounce. It was it was a a baby. You know, it's it's almost like Goldilocks and the three bouncers, isn't it?
2: Yeah, and. I hate to knock the ESPs here, but they do such a crappy job of uh, really telling you what this means. And so, you know, for us, we focus on deliverability, which means inbox. And ESPs focus on delivered, which means poof, gone from my system and went somewhere. Uh, I call it la-la land. That could be spam folder, that could be blocked by a spam filter, or it could be inbox or promotions. You just really don't know. What they really mean is Uh, sent,
0: don't they? They don't mean delivered. They mean sent, Right.
2: Yes. And the reason they do that is, number one, they can't tell. And number two, um, it's a very great looking number, right? It's generally now assuming all things are good, your list is good, you know, you have 99.7% delivered. That's a great number. Uh, But is how many in the inbox? That's that's what actually matters is how many are in the inbox. And so hard bounces are preventable and soft bounces are not always.
0: Amazing, amazing. Now, what I love about this, now we've scared the shit out of everybody, where the good news is that to fix this, if you're getting a bunch of bouncers or a bunch of people who are non-deliverable or whatever at the moment, the good news is we don't have to uproot from our existing email marketing platform. We don't have to do any of that stuff because the solution to all of this is something that we can control. It's not like we have to try and convince our email system to, to, you know, please make it better and, and, and will them to do it like rubbing a, a magic lamp. There's there's a lot of stuff that we can do. But we can, before we get into what we actually have to do, um, let's talk about some of the reasons this happens. And I'm really interested to talk about, uh, I want to talk about typos. And I want to talk mm-hmm. about disposable email addresses because disposable email addresses, we'll, we'll get onto that one first, I think, um, are this thing that are, are rising. There's lots of apps now, including Apple, who are now allowing people to create disposable email addresses. Would you just talk, just give us a brief sort of um, a broad view of what, 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 we're, what we're talking about here when we say disposable emails? And then, of course, uh, give us some hints and tips on what the hell we could do about it, because it sounds like nothing.
2: Yeah, so... So the Apple program is an interesting one. I have one that's way worse, which is actually much more common that people aren't really even noticing, but there's websites you can go to and, and I, I hate to plug them. So I'm not going to do it, but people can use a quick Google search here um, and you can go to a website type disposable email on Google and you will get a website that gives you a valid email address that has a inbox that can send and receive. Uh, people are using these for two reasons. Number one, Uh, they're using it to get past your gated content your gated coupon any of your gates that requires an email address maybe they want that quick newsletter white paper and they don't want to give you their real info Mm -hmm. um and it's also being used it's more of an anonymous type uh, email address that's 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 a good way to look at it Mm -hmm. Um, whereas the apple is actually controllable and it does filter to a real inbox somewhere else so apple is more of a forwarding program these disposables once they leave that website so they, they got past your gate they took your white paper whatever that example might be that your use case yep. and they closed that page that had access to that email address it is gone you're never they are it's not a marketable contact and so you're sending now email to something that will either bounce or never be read and you're going to continuously send the emails to them and it's 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 a completely useless i like to call it burner email addresses because that's, that's it's good way. for sometimes one-time use and that's it. And you toss it and you throw it away. And, you know, people do that thousands of times.
0: And I can hear people's brains in the background who've maybe been online for a while saying, oh, is this a case for bringing back double opt-in? You know, people who used to be like our first ever email provider was Aweber. That's what, that was the original, the OG of um, of email marketing platforms in our niche, was Aweber. And you had to have double opt-in. In case anybody doesn't know what double opt-in is, basically it basically meant back in the day, someone joined your email list, put your name and email address in, and then before they could get on your email list, they had to go to their inbox and click a shitty, ugly link to confirm that they were a real human being. And only then were they on your email list. So... Is this a case of bringing back double opt-in?
2: It, it bypasses that because they can receive the email. So they'll put that email address into your sign up form. You'll send them an email and they can click it from this disposable email account. So the, the whole point of it is uh, most of them we can detect. So that we're very good at this. We can detect those type of emails and as a business or whoever you are, you can make some decisions. So we have lots of websites that are accept donations, for example and they want to accept donations essentially from anonymous people. That's a great use case of a valid and and safe scenario, and I'm okay with that. But it's the other ones that I'm more concerned about, which is the email marketers who are not aware this type of technology exists, uh, where they're sending to and then they're bouncing or they're never getting engagement, and they're just building a list of vapor is really all they're doing.
1: Yeah, and part of this is a useful thing, I guess, because these people are from a from a marketer's point of view they are a waste of space they are joining your list with no intention of ever buying anything they just want the coupon and they just want the freebie or they just want you know they don't want to buy more stuff they don't want to become a they don't want to become a really good valued customer they want to just quickly either buy something and then get out or not buy something at all and just get the lead magnet or register for the webinar or whatever it's going to be so the good the good news is that um what we're not suggesting you try and do is to save these people and change it and and but just know that they exist so that you can rule them out and go you know what there's going to be that many people join my list who are who are using disposable email addresses they're a waste of space they're not going to buy anything anyway but i do need to know about them because obviously as we always talk about emailing a bunch of email addresses and causing yourself problems is going to make it more difficult to get delivered to the people who do want to receive your stuff so it is important that we deal with this let's talk about the second one then which is uh of course typos in email addresses
2: yeah so incredibly common um i don't know if anybody has done this on your show but i finally did it on my iphone where i tapped the at symbol twice and my email pre-populates because of how many times so i like auto corrected my own email it's it's kind of a hack It's, Mm -hmm. it's amazing by the way um but how many times have i typoed my real email on a real order and then i'm like where the hell is my receipt where the hell is my shipping where's my tracking what what's going on here um and so we are also seeing a ton of email addresses coming in with typos on the domain. Uh, a lot of people are using our API on signup forms and registrations, checkout process, whatever it might be. And we're detecting that typo from the start and actually suggesting the fix if we can see it. So gmail.com, AIL.com, these type of things, are they're detectable, and you can fix and correct it. Uh, and if you are missing out on that, especially if you're a company that caters a lot to the mobile side, uh, we see a ton of this on the mobile side, and this is very common. We're all fat fingering it. I'm a big guy. I have fat fingers, too. Uh, and so we have to get in front of this stuff, and you can detect it and fix it. That The value of that can be significant. Uh, and we are seeing a lot of people. We have some mobile apps, very, very popular mobile apps that hooked us up on their sign-up form, sorry, the registration to get past their gate. And they've implemented that and have seen significant increase and in just to quote an actual stat, it was an 11% detection rate that we caught and fixed. Wow. Uh, and so they're blocking them and then fixing the typo and then allowing them through and confirming this all with them. It's massive. I mean, if we're talking big scale, that, that can that's a big deal.
0: It is. And let me just ask how that works in practical sort of user experience way. So I'm there with my massive fingers um, and I'm signing up for someone's lead magnet and I type in, G. Uh, you know, kennedy's hair is great at gnail.com i hit submit is there some what happens now for me as the user is that a user interface thing that's happening through you or through zero bounds or is that secretly happening and just correcting what's happening
2: yeah so the technology will detect that that's a potential typo and it was, so we'll check to see if it's a real email because perhaps it's an actual real one. Sure. We'll check. If that's not, then we go back and say, hey, this is an actual typo. We'll send that back through our uh, through our technology. And we've seen great implementation use cases where they'll say, hey, the email you submitted, isn't. we can't connect. Did you mean to type this? And they'll present the fix uh, and people can hit like yes or they'll just pre-populate the and email that's field on now. Like the immediate.
0: And that's on the immediate next page after submitting that form.
2: That's less than two seconds from hitting submit.
0: Wow! What a service, though. Like, think about—I'm just thinking about how much customer service that's going to prevent from. Like you say, people going, "I bought that thing. You're a big scammer because you haven't sent us the, <laughs> you haven't sent us the long details. You dirty rotten scammer." And actually, it's because they can't type, which you know happens in all of us. Yeah, to all of us. Um, so on that very next page, you're going, oh, it looks like that. you might have got this wrong. Here's what we think you might have typed, it might, have meant, meant, might have meant to have typed. Is this correct? They say yes, they say no. So you're not even like secretly in the background having to guess and like potentially end up emailing somebody at the wrong domain or something. That is really interesting. Then they can say yes, then they can say no. Uh, and then now they're on your list. That's, that's awesome.
1: Yeah, I mean, we found as a business, it's always it's always our fault in the customer support desk that they sure. didn't receive their login awesome. until we dig a bit deeper. Occasionally it is. Uh, but most of the time, it's something like gmail.com or AIL or any of the others. Um, So we've talked about disposables and typos. Are there any other massive ones that and obviously people moving on and changing, you know, they don't work there anymore. Are there any others, the big ones that sort of really stand out that people probably don't even know until they're listening to this episode are currently decaying away inside
2: their list? Yeah, there's two that I think are are definitely worthy, especially if no one, you know, if you don't have a lot of experience in this space, and it's okay, and they're very easy to understand. Uh, The two would be spam traps, and also um, complainers or abusers is what we call them depends upon kind of how you look at the term. But let's start with complainers, because it's kind of it sounds pretty straightforward. Um, Complainers are people that are known to mark you as spam, uh, or will mark you as spam instead of unsubscribing. So I want to be clear on this. If you are marked as spam, instead of that same person clicking unsubscribe, it is really, really, really negatively impacting your sending reputation and how the mail servers are perceiving you as a sender. And so if enough people are marking you as spam, you'll actually get thrown potentially into a blacklist or the rest of your email that you're sending will move into the spam folder. So what's happening is these mail providers are taking feedback basically from their customers And so if you're sending to a whole bunch of Gmail accounts and many of them are hitting you as spam, what's happening is Gmail is making decisions about you as a sender. It's making decisions on your domain, your IP address, your ESP that you're sending from, all of this. And they will start to move you into bad buckets, which is basically the spam folder. And so all these people, if you go to your spam box and they keep sending you these emails, it's because they're way ahead of them. They're a bad sender and people marking them as spam. So they're, you know, Gmail's job. And I'm sorry, I just like to use Gmail because so many people are aware of it and it's, it's great technology. Their job is to put content in front of you that you actually want. Yep. If we simplify things, that's their job. Uh, and so if all of the people in their network are moving things to spam, then why would they ever want to send that piece of mail into your inbox and put it up top, right? And send you that push notification that you got this email. So they're making a lot of decisions about that. And so what we've been able to do is we've uh, to, to help with this because it's an unpredictable event, Right. Mm-hmm. Uh, You don't really know if that's the case. And especially if you're a good sender and you're using an unsubscribe link, you actually would prefer somebody unsubscribes than mark you as spam, just so you guys are aware. Yeah. So never bury that link uh, and make it too hard to unsubscribe. You want someone to unsubscribe. Oh, that's Uh, one of my pet
0: peeves, by the way. Can we just have a little rant about that? When somebody, uh, there's somebody still teaching this bullshit, which is put a gazillion carriage returns at the bottom of your emails to push the unsubscribe link down. If your emails are so bad... You have to hide the unsubscribe link. Unsubscribe is not the problem. The content of your freaking emails is the problem. Rant over. Brian, you may resume. Thank you for joining my therapy session.
2: <laughs> it's very true, though. Um, and so, and actually, just for even more fun news here, an unsubscribe is considered engagement. And it's, it's might a be not your favorite piece of engagement, but it's considered a click, okay? And so the mail servers go, oh, not only did they open, they clicked. It's actually building sending reputation, um, which is what you want. That is your actual golden goose here. And your your golden ticket is inbox. That's, that is how you're going to make your money. That's how you're going to get your ROI. Uh, so what we've been able to do is we've uh, worked with a lot of sending partners and we received data feeds in. Uh, we've actually detected just last year over 5 million um, kind of, of these complainers. And so we'll actually give you a heads up before you ever send an email to them, if they are known, and we're doing this based on statistics, nothing, just guessing here, 10 or more times they've marked emails as spam when they could have unsubscribed. And so we will actually detect that for you as well and tell you if that type is the type of email address that you have, just so you know what to do with it. Um, And so again, um, they're valid emails, they can accept mail, but... You want to be a little careful, especially if you're not kind of getting emails in the correct way, especially if you guys anyone's purchasing data, which I do not recommend. Mm. Uh, You want to watch out for these two categories here. This is the abusers and the spam traps.
1: What's interesting about this is, unlike a lot of things, this is one of those things you just sort of can't as a business owner do on your own. So you can't say, I'm going to take this into my own hands. And I'm going to go off. It just doesn't make any sense to try and figure out how to solve this by yourself. But because you get to tap into the, effectively the network, I'm going to call it, that, you guys have built of data pools and sources and tracking. And the fact that you've got, uh, you know, 18 billion email addresses and counting that have been um, attempted to validate some of which validated some of which invalidated um that means that anyone who wants to work with zero bounce can then benefit from all of that stuff all of the historical stuff you've done everything you're doing every day if somebody's sort of looking at this and thinking okay great so i've got my list of a hundred a thousand ten thousand a hundred thousand whatever number of subscribers there's two bits to this i guess there is oh my god what can i do i've I've built my list so far and i've never looked at this I, i need to do something to like clean it to begin with and then obviously managing it ongoing you know, month on month, year on year, how do I deal with that as a thing? So um, let's talk about those two bits, I guess. Uh, We've already hinted at the idea that people could deal with it as people opt in. But if you've got a list of 100,000 people, it's effectively too late for them. Now they're on your list, you've got to do something with them. And you think, I need to find out how many of these people are problematic.
2: What's the first steps to do that practically? Yeah, absolutely. And so uh, I'm going to just start the whole kind of thought here with uh, my biggest goal for everyone today and the listeners is to to always be thinking about quality and not quantity. And so quantity is quantity. Is so easy, guys. Anyone can add emails. We can all just add and get bad emails and put them on a list. You want to focus on the quality. So if you have whatever the list size that you have, it really does not matter because it's a percentage game for the ESPs as well. And so size does not matter. It's percents that matter. Uh, so, you want bounce rates under 2%. You want uh, complaint rates, which are the abusers, people marking you as spam, under 0.1%. So, every one out of 1,000 is considered acceptable. Um, but if you have a list and you've never done anything with it, you've acquired it over time, you've built it, doesn't matter how long ago it was, um, I would recommend bringing it into Zero Bounce. We will do, first off, we can do a completely free analysis of the entire list for you and give you an idea of what's undeliverable or risky. Um, once you get past this step and you actually want to clean it, you can just upload it or send it through the ESP, depending upon which one you're using. We might have an integration with it, but you want to move it in. Let us run the analysis. And for context of time, so anyone's like, oh, man, I don't have time to do this. If you had 100,000 emails, it's going to take us 45 minutes to get you back every single thing on on all of those email addresses. <laughs> uh, so you can't give me the excuse that you don't have enough time to do this. Uh can run in the background. And you can go ahead and get it done. We have tons of people automate through API, but that's for another topic. So you want to go through, you want to evaluate the list. You want to see how much of that is considered valid. So uh, historically for us, we're seeing 57% of people's email addresses are considered valid and safe to send. We're seeing that on our platform as a general statistic. Uh, so that leaves 43%, right? What, this what's is going the on number
0: there? that scares the shit out of me, Brian.
2: Yeah. uh, So 43%, that doesn't mean they're all bad. I just want to be, I want to be clear on that. I'm not saying 57% of your list is good and the rest is bad. What I'm saying is that the other 43%, you need to actually take a look at and you need to see what it is. Why is it there? What are the categories we're coming up with and take some business decisions to weed out some of the bad ones. I can guarantee you, you will have invalid emails, meaning they are a complete waste of everything. And, and I love to talk about this because people talk about ROI. Where's the ROI? Uh, why save this contact in your CRM, your ESP, every one of these systems, these contacts are trickling down and you guys are paying per contact in a general, you know, the majority of the time, these softwares are charging per contact. So why are you storing contact that quite honestly is useless? Uh, So you want to get those out and then you can start going through the gray area and our team can help if you have a specific case, because every, every business is a little bit different, but uh, there's stuff on there that you guys want to make sure you're not sending to, or at least be aware of what you're sending to, and probably again, I could go on a whole topic, so I'm not going to, but segmentation can play a huge role in the performance of your campaign. So a hundred thousand emails if 57% just to use our statistics are good. You could send a campaign at 57,000 emails to just the valids and hit send, and then go back and break down the last piece and see what makes sense to send to and start kind of on the riskier side, lower, mitigate your risk, but you didn't affect all that other great stuff. And so, um, you know, I have a ton of ideas here. They can get complicated. I don't want to get any sort of complications here, but you want to take a look. You got to see what's going on with your list, and every list was is different.
0: I love it. I love it. I think just now for everybody, just thinking about you know what are the first, what are the things we can go and do, and that is go and take a look at your list. Take a look at you know, put it into something like zero bounce and have it analyze and show you what the risk is. And what's really nice is if you're early in the list building in this particular business you're in right now, it's a good thing to get right from now. So you're building that reputation. We always think of like your sender reputation and your deliverability. Like we think about it almost like a credit score. Like you want to get it right now. So you you get into the habit of of making it brilliant going forward. So wherever you are, this is is such an amazing thing. And really considering those typo emails, really considering those 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 complainers those all, all these people and disposable email addresses uh, massively massively important to think about these technical elements of getting our emails delivered because at the end of the day as we keep saying it doesn't matter how good the subject line is doesn't matter how good the email content is doesn't matter how good your call to action is doesn't matter how good your offer is the email's not even being damn well seen because you've end up being blacklisted and you're you're in some um so, some other inbox other than in, in than primary inbox which is um which would suck. Amazing. Uh, this has been such an interesting conversation, Brian. Thank you so much for coming along and taking time to chat with us. If people want to find out more about Zero Bounce and about you guys and, and maybe get started looking at doing this stuff, what's the best thing for them to do? Where's the best, thing for them, best place for them to go, I guess, to get, to get more information?
2: Yeah, sure. So um, anyone who wants to kind of give a, you can give a test drive or you're welcome to check out the website at zerobounce.net. Um, if you tell somebody on our team with our support or, or someone else that you are coming th- from the podcast, we'll give you a, a thousand free validations. And that's, you know, full service. This is not anything watered down. And you can get an idea of what's going on, especially if you're small and that's maybe even larger than your total list. It is the best time to start right now. I promise you. Uh, it's much it's it's a lot uglier trying to get out of this mess <laughs> than it is to stay out of this kind of zone in the first place yeah so be proactive here the reactive ones are trust me they're having they're having a lot of headaches getting out of here
0: i love it so zerobounce.net to go and get a thousand email addresses validated ju- and check through yep love it absolutely amazing thanks for joining us on the show uh wow this has been such a good conversation absolutely love this Rob.
1: Yeah, this this sort of thing really inspires me. It's the stuff that ten years ago I was terrified of the idea of, but now it's such an inherent, baked in part of everything that we want to do for maximising deliverability. So it's yeah, it's so for. And anybody
0: who's listening, thinking, "Oh, I'm already doing some of the stuff that we talk about already with engagement monitoring," we have our LOL re-engagement and revival campaign. This is the next piece. This is the that sits in the background. The technology that sits in the background, allowing this to be automatically easier. Honestly, it it saves your reputation from being getting damaged in the first place. Absolutely, absolutely
1: love it. Rob, we're going to go to this week's Subject Line of the, of the week. week, Subject Line, line of the, of the week. week. What have you got for us this week, mate? This one is Trapped in the Airport. It was about our 36-hour journey home from Austin uh, back in June. And, uh, yeah, I, I, the email drew a parallel between the intricacies of making sure people don't manage to slip through the cracks in the airport and how complicated that is, and making sure people don't slip through the cracks of your uh, of your email automations and stuff. But, obviously, always pulling out uh, some sort of interesting curiosity-driven hook from the story, telling that in the subject line. Bob's your own
0: Absolutely love it. You also started off with a lowercase T. So you you even sort of stirred a bit more of a, of a pattern interrupt by not starting off with an, with an uppercase letter. Um, you had it as an uppercase, as a lowercase, which I thought was, uh, again, another curiosity evoking thing. Like, did he, it looked like you'd sort of quickly sort of dashed.
1: It looks, yeah, it looks more rushed. Like I've look, just done that on my phone or something.
0: Yeah. As if you are trapped in an airport.
1: Yeah, exactly.
0: There you go. That's this week's Subject,
1: Subject Line of, of the week. week. Subject Line of, of the week.
0: week. Huge thank you for, uh, for, to Brian from Zero Bounce for joining us on the show and this amazing, really, really interesting discussion this week. Getting a bit more technical with you, a bit more advanced, but I think uh, it's it's been an absolutely great discussion. And thank you for listening to the whole show this week. Make sure you do hit subscribe on your podcast player because we'll be back again next week with another episode next Email Marketing Wednesday. Thanks, everyone. We'll see you next week. Bye.